This episode of Biscuits and Jam is presented by Boar's Head. Hey everyone, it's Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back next Tuesday with the Grammy Award-winning musician who's known as one of the best songwriters of his generation, Jason Isbell. In the meantime, I wanted to reshare an episode from last season with the country musician and Yellowstone star, Lainey Wilson. Hope y'all enjoy it. Welcome to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living Magazine. And my guest today is a rising country star who recently added acting to her resume. Lainey Wilson hails from Baskin, Louisiana, a town of 200 people with no stoplights and lots of cornfields. She grew up working with her father, a fifth-generation farmer, and going to church every Sunday. But by the time she got her first guitar at age 11, it was clear her calling was music. Eventually, Wilson started impersonating Hannah Montana several times a week for birthday parties and local events. In 2011, she packed up and moved to Nashville in a camper trailer, which became her home for three very challenging years. Fast forward to 2022, and she now has six CMA nominations and the title of CMT's Breakout Artist of the Year. Today on the show, Lainey talks about her new album, Bell Bottom Country, her first acting gig on the hit TV show Yellowstone, and how the song Heart Like a Truck has taken on a whole new meaning. All that and more this week on Biscuits and Jam. Well, Lainey Wilson, welcome to Biscuits and Jam. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've interviewed a lot of country artists over the last couple of years, but I've definitely never interviewed one from Baskin, Louisiana. (laughs) I'm wondering if you can paint a picture of your hometown for me. Northeast Louisiana, about 30 miles south of Monroe, if you've ever heard of Duck Dynasty and, and all of that. It is a little speed trap. It's a town of about 200 people and some change. Nothing but a bunch of cornfields, not even a stoplight. All 200 people are basically my family. And if they're not blood related, we might as well be related. Yeah, it's just a blue collar town with a bunch of hardworking, good hearted people who take pride in what they do. And they're the ones that inspire me to get up every single day and bust my tail to do what I love to do. Well, Lainey, you've got a great song called Things a Man Ought to Know. And it talks a lot about some things that you learn from your dad growing up, you know, changing a flat tire, drive a tractor, shoot a shotgun. Tell me a little bit about your dad and some of the things that, that he taught you growing up in Baskin. Absolutely. I am who I am because of who raised me. There is no doubt about it. It was just me and my sister. He had no sons, but he treated us like two little boys. I mean, he, <laughs> he put us to work. He stayed so busy. A lot of the times, if we wanted to spend time with him, we'd have to go out to the field and ride the tractor with him. Or he was always out in the barn fooling with horses. And he's the hardest working person I know. And he has taught me my entire life how to pull up my bootstraps, tell it like it is with grace. And my mama, too. My mama is the kindest woman I know, also knows how to work hard and and loves people and loves her family. And yeah. I'm a Wilson through and through. I can't turn it off. I don't think I'll ever be able to. <laughs> <laughs> so he put you to work at a young age, huh? He did. He definitely tried to encourage me and my sister to 
take care of what we have and take pride in what we've like worked hard for. He's fifth generation farmer. Corn, wheat, soybeans, oats. Hardworking man. He was up at the butt crack of dawn and in late at night. That's just how it was. And honestly, I see a lot of similarities with what I do. The music industry is really similar to farming. I mean, you get up every day, you have good years, you have bad years, you bust your tail. A tornado could roll through and wipe it all away. But at the end of the day, if it's your livelihood and if it's what you love and in your heart and in your soul, then you just get up and do it anyway. So uh, even though we're living completely different lives, it's all kind of one and the same. It's all about hard work. That's it. I know your dad had a rough time recently with a health scare. How's he doing? He actually got home yesterday. He spent two months in the hospital in Houston and three weeks in a rehab facility. He got to come home yesterday, and I know it's doing him some good just to see the farm. And I'll be honest, the last few months of my life and my family's life has been the hardest months of my entire life. And it's so crazy because I feel like right now with my career, I feel like it's at the best it's ever been. And it's really strange when you're trying to like navigate the best things happening, you know, on your professional side of things. But when it comes to like family, it's just, it's a lot. So it was actually a fungal infection and he had nine surgeries. The neurologist that was a part of this whole thing told him that he is the only person to survive it that she has known. And he had a stroke on top of all of that, but he is a tough son of a gun. If anybody was going to pull through it, it was going to be him. Well, to have him back at home must just be a real relief for you and, and the whole family. Oh my gosh. I know. And I know my hometown is excited for him to be home. When he was sick, A lot of people were calling me and and telling me stories about him just even as a little boy that he used to stand at the concession stands at school at Baskin Elementary and middle school. And he would buy himself a Coke, but he would watch all the other kids come through. And if they didn't have enough money, then he would give them a dime or whatever it cost. And he's just always been that type of person. And so he would never go around telling me like, I've done this for people. I've done this for folks. But when we thought we were going to lose him, the truth started coming out. Lainey, is your dad a cook too? Did he ever have time to cook or is that more your mother's thing? My mama cooks more than my daddy. I'll say she can be a pretty good cook, but she also likes to burn stuff. (laughs) 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 It's so funny. No, she cooks the best chicken and dumplings. She cooks the best breakfast and biscuits and you name it. When I go down there for a week, I come back about 10 pounds heavier. You can't help it. (laughs) So when I think about Louisiana food, you know, I think about crawfish and po'boys and etouffee and all that stuff. But you're way up north, almost in Mississippi. I mean, what are some of the dishes that you kind of grew up with? Yeah. So when I say I'm from Louisiana, a lot of people do expect me to be Cajun. And I guess I do have a little bit of Cajun blood in me, but I've got tons of Cajun family members. But yeah, you're right. It's really different about like Baton Rouge up. It just changes. So we still do the jambalayas and the crawfish pies and the etouffees. And I will literally go home to Louisiana specifically to get crawfish. Like my family thinks I'm coming home to see them, but I'm going to get some crawfish. But yeah, when it comes to just like 
meals that we have together. Um, cream corn. We love some corn casseroles. We love all kinds of casseroles, green bean casseroles, a lot of chicken and dumplings, and tons of sweets and desserts. Whoo, you're making me hungry just even <laughs> thinking about it. But yes, chocolate was a huge thing in my house, and it's my vice for sure. Well, and the holidays are right around the corner, and it sounds like y'all probably went pretty big for the holidays. Oh, we always do. It's like we're really only cooking for probably 10 people, and my mama acts like she's cooking for an army. So that's just how it goes at my house. So we have tons of leftovers, and (laughs) it's always a good time. Lainey, was the church a big part of your life growing up? Yes. I'll never forget. This is one of like my childhood memories. Every Sunday, my daddy would put a dollar or two dollar bills on the coffee table. So when me and my sister would come through the living room on the way to church, that would be our offering plate money. So he was already at a very young age teaching us how to give. And he didn't know it. But a few times I put that dollar bill in my Bible and closed the door. I kept racking up. (laughs) One day I felt bad about it. So I just put it all in the offering plate. But yes, church was a, a huge part of my growing up and our family foundation. We love Jesus. We do. And I'm not sure where I would be right now on this journey without him. It's just a part of who I am. And that comes through in your music, Lainey. It does. I can't help but talk about mama, daddy, and Jesus. So, <laughs> Lainey, one of the early interviews that I did in 2020, kind of right at the height of the pandemic was with Leanne Womack. And she talked about the song, I Hope You Dance, and how it really changed her career. And I know it had a big impact on you as well. Talk to me about that song and what it meant to you. I remember exactly where I was the first time I heard that song. I was in sixth grade and my teacher came in and played the song for us. And I remember specifically the way that the song made me feel. When I listened to the song, I felt like I could do anything. And then all of a sudden, I saw the music video on CMT. And there was just something about the song that I was like, I want to make people feel the same exact way that this song made me feel. And I've had moments like that, I guess, throughout my whole life. My family took me on a a vacation to Gatlinburg and we went and saw Dollywood and we did all that. And on the way home to Louisiana, I just, I begged them to drive through Nashville. And I remember telling my family at nine years old, I said, this is home. And yeah, so it just seems like I've had a lot of moments, whether it was the first time here and I hope you dance or the first time driving through Nashville, a lot of moments that made it very clear to me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And Even then, I knew that this is what I was going to do. I didn't know how in the world that was going to look. And I knew just like anything in life, it wasn't going to be easy. But I've never had a plan B. It's always been this, country music. Country music is my life. It's a way of life in Baskin, you know. Now I've got two songs on the radio called Heart Like a Truck and one called Wait in the Truck. And people are like, oh, here we go, another truck song. And I'm like, Well, to be honest with you, I I write the things that I know, and I spend a lot of my life in the back of a truck. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to write some truck songs. You dang right. (laughs) Blaney, we lost Loretta Lynn last week, and I just wanted to ask what her music and her story meant to you. Oh, my goodness. I learned so many Loretta Lynn karaoke songs on this tiny 
little portable karaoke machine that my parents got me from Ziegler's in West Monroe. And um, I remember singing her songs, You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man. And I just remember thinking, this woman was sassy before it was even acceptable. I mean, she was writing and singing about things that maybe even made your skin crawl a little bit, especially, you know, back in the day. But she paved the way for people like me who really just want to say what's on my mind. And I think she pretty much just sang about things that people were already thinking. They were just a little too scared to say it. And she did that. And she has given people like me an opportunity to do that with my music, too. And I never got to meet her, but I feel like I know her. And I think that right there just speaks volumes of somebody when you've never even shook their hand, but you feel like you were friends. Well, it's not a long way from Fifth City to some of your work. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) I think if her and I would have sat down and had a conversation, I think we would have been really great friends. (laughs) I have no doubt. Lainey, you moved to Nashville in a camper trailer in, I think you said, 2011. You didn't really know anyone. What were some of your days and what did some of your early gigs look like? Man, August 1st, 2011. I moved to Nashville in a Flagstaff bumper pool camper trailer, and I was known as the camper trailer girl. I didn't know where to start. I did not know who to talk to. I will say a crazy story that kind of goes with the whole camper trailer thing. Back in the late 70s, my grandfather on my daddy's side, his name was Basil Wilson. I called him Buck. There was a guy from my hometown who was kind of like family, but not. But he had this dream of moving to Nashville and being a songwriter and a producer. And my grandfather gave him a few hundred dollars to kind of help him move to Nashville and get started. So years later, he had some success in the 90s with like Ken Millens and Kevin Sharp. And as a favor in return, he literally let me live in my camper outside of his studio in a patch of grass. He let me live there for free for three years because of what my grandfather did for him all those years before. It just goes to show you that when you do good, it could come back generations later. So whatever I do in this lifetime could affect my kids' kids. That's just one of the coolest stories for me to really think about it. But when I was living in my camper, I'll be honest, I had some dark days. I did. There were times when I should have packed it up and went home. But the crazy thing is, I never wanted to. Of course, I love home. And like I said, that's what made me me, but I knew I was supposed to be there. Even when it was snowing outside and my furnace couldn't keep up and I was having to wear three jackets to sleep and four pairs of socks, I never wanted to go home. I was like, this is it. And I'm going to do whatever I got to do to find my place. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know if that meant I was just going to be a songwriter, but I knew that if I hung in there long enough that I was going to find my place. I'll be back with more from Lainey Wilson after the break. This episode of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living is presented by Boar's Head. Introducing Sweet Bee's Honey Barbecue Glazed Chicken, a new classic flavor available only from Boar's Head that brings the celebrated traditions, signature flavors, and iconic taste of sweet honey barbecue to your local deli. Inspired by famous barbecue joints and the aficionados who know the reward is worth the wait, comes an authentic experience that can only be from Boar's Head. 
Made with premium ingredients, this slow-roasted chicken is delightfully sweet with notes of honey and perfectly balanced with savory hints of hickory smoke. Honey drizzled and barbecue sizzled. Ask for freshly sliced Sweet Bee's Honey Barbecue Chicken during your next visit to the deli counter. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, and today I'm talking with Lainey Wilson. So you've been at this for a pretty long time, and now you've got six CMA nominations. And just the other night, I saw you honored as CMT's Breakout Artist of the Year. And I was sitting at this table with a couple of young songwriters who had just graduated from Belmont, and they had dreams of making it big. And they were so enthralled by your performance. What do you tell young country artists when they ask you for advice? Don't do it. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I do have people message me all the time and they're like, I'm thinking about moving to Nashville and getting started. What's some advice? And this is just a brutally honest response of mine. I say, can you imagine yourself doing anything else? And if they say, well, yeah, I could be a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor. Then I say, then you need to go do that because this has got to be literally the only thing, the only option, because as glamorous as it looks, it's hard. It is hard. And if you're not willing to put in those 10 years, I mean, for me, it's really been more than 10 years. I mean, I wrote my first song at nine years old. I started playing guitar at 11. I impersonated Hannah Montana three or four times a week for five years. <laughs> I started playing in a band called the Cadillac Kings when I wasn't even old enough to be getting into bars. All the little things that I have done have only got me to this point, you know. But my advice is, if this is really what you want to do, I would say, first of all, find whatever your strong suit is. If that means that's your songwriting or your voice, it could even be your personality. Whatever it is, lean into that as much as you possibly can. Don't be trying to be like everybody else because at the end of the day, there's only one you. I feel like what I do now is what I did 10 years ago when I first moved to town. It wasn't cool then, but I do believe that timing is everything. And I will say, work hard, keep your blinders on. Don't worry about what Peggy Sue's doing next to you. And be kind. You could be playing a little gig downtown or whatever. And these people might not remember the song that you wrote or how great your voice was, but they're going to remember the way that you made them feel. Yeah. And just be friends with everybody. That's just as important as writing incredible songs and every other part that goes along with it. Yeah. Lainey, you have a great new album out called Bell Bottom Country. And it's so fresh and it's so fun and it is just 100% Lainey Wilson. And I want to ask you about a song that's already a hit. You mentioned it earlier called Heart Like a Truck. 
you know, for someone who's spending a lot of time on the road, I wonder if that song kind of feels like an anthem for you right now. It absolutely does. And it even changed meanings for me, especially with all the stuff that we've been dealing with, Eddie. You know, I thought I knew exactly what I'd wrote about it. And I did write it for people who, you know, have been through heartbreak and hard times and hard luck. But I feel like I have discovered a completely different, more powerful meaning to it since Daddy has been sick. It's about being okay with the bumps and the scratches and the dents. It's a little bit about where you've been, but more importantly, about where you're going and where you're headed. It's really crazy that that is my single at radio right now with everything that's going on in my family's life. And I don't think that was just by happenstance. There's another great song on there called Live Off. There's so many great songs on there. But I love Live Off, and it sort of goes back to your dad also and working hard every day. What was on your mind when you wrote that one? You know, I was really just thinking about all the things that make me me. Like 10 years from now, who knows what's going to happen. But if I'm a big old superstar, what are the things that I'm still going to do that are still going to make my world go around? There's a line in there about money in a pickle jar. I remember growing up, we had this big, huge glass pickle jar that we would dig out of to go get ices from the convenience store or go get the vehicles washed at the um, car wash. And those vivid memories just come to me, I guess, when we're sitting down and writing. I'm always going to have a dog that sleeps in the bed. There's nothing like calling mama. When I think of my ideal dream night, I think of sitting around a campfire with my friends, sipping on some bourbon over sonic ice. It's just kind of a a note to myself to always stay true to who I am. That's what it is. Well, it's it's a great song. And uh, I could ask you about five others on there, but we're (laughs) going to run short of time. Let's talk about Yellowstone. Great show. I'm a big fan. And I love the way that they weave music into it. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your role on the show and, and what that experience has been like for you. I mean, your first acting gig is with, Kevin Costner. I know. I'm like, what in the world? I done tricked a lot of people. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) I am getting to learn from the best. I truly am. Not just like the best actors and actresses, but they are also the kindest people. They love their job. They work hard. They take it serious. And, you know, I've never acted a day in my life, but I feel like what I do and what they do really kind of does go hand in hand. And they welcomed me with open arms. They told me, they said, we had never known that this was your first acting gig. We'd have thought you'd been doing it your whole life. So that was a huge compliment, especially coming from them, because I just think Yellowstone is the coolest thing ever. And they've been so good to me. They've put three of my songs in a show so far. And then Taylor Sheridan asked me to come out to Vegas and play like a horse reining competition. And that's where we kind of just got to hang out and bond over horses. And, you know, I was on a horse before I could walk. So we just hit it off. And became friends. And he was like, you know, text me your new music when you got it. Just send it over to me. And he ended up calling me in February and said, what would you think if I created a character specifically for you? Like, you wear your stuff. You sing your own songs. And without even thinking. I mean, I didn't even talk to my team. I just was like, yes, yes, (laughs) yes. So we did it. And I think I did a good job. You know, we'll see. I'm definitely interested in doing more of this, and especially if it gives me an opportunity to share more of my music with the world. 
I can't wait to see it. And um, I can't wait to hear the music. I saw on a post somewhere that you said you were pretty much ready to move to Montana. I love Montana. I love Montana. I can't wait for my family to go out there and see it too. I just love that cowboy world. I've been able to travel the entire country. And for some reason, when I think of like where I want to retire, (laughs) I think it's going to be out there. So speaking of which, Lainey, you know, you're kind of famous for impersonating Hannah Montana. And you talked about that. I'm not going to make you tell that story again. But I did want to ask you about a performance that you did at St. Jude's Children's Hospital in Memphis. Yes. What do you remember about that performance? And what is your relationship with St. Jude's now? Oh, my gosh. So one of the very first Hannah Montana birthday gigs I ever did was for a little girl named Maddie from my area, from Northeast Louisiana. And several years after the party, she ended up getting diagnosed with cancer. And she's the one who kind of ended up telling the people like, hey, I know this girl who's a Hannah Montana personator. And they ended up inviting me out there. And it was, first of all, one of the coolest experiences of my entire life. And just like those moments I was telling you about, whether it was driving through Nashville or hearing I Hope You Dance for the first time, this was another moment for me that I felt like the Lord has put this on my heart and I have got to see it through. I remember I had the portable sound system. I was singing all 16 Hannah Montana karaoke songs. I would throw in a few Miley songs too because some folks didn't really know the difference. But I started singing The Climb And I remember this little girl, she had just had brain surgery a few days prior. Her daddy wheeled her to the front where I was singing and she was singing every word to the climb. And I ended up handing her the microphone and she sang it and everybody in the building was just crying and could not believe what was happening. And everybody was just so moved. Hannah Montana was crying. My wig was hanging on sideways. (laughs) I I was a hot mess. But when I turned around, And I got the microphone from her. She looked up at me and she said, Hannah Montana, I'm your star. What she meant to say is, Hannah Montana, you're my star. And the way that it came out, I was just like, absolutely, you are my star. And I have got to figure out how I can do this for the rest of my life. At that point, I felt like I was truly making a difference. And I think what St. Jude's does is just absolutely incredible. And I want to be as involved as I possibly can with anything, whether that means getting to hang out with the kids for a day or whatever. It's got a real soft spot for me. You know, you said earlier that I Hope You Dance made a huge impression on you. And I'm wondering if there's a song of yours that you hear about from fans, one that might be inspiring that next generation of songwriters. I hear a lot of people bring up things that man ought to know. It's so crazy how this song has connected and latched on to everybody of different genders and ages. I'm talking about old men, little girls. It don't matter. Like people have related to that song. I mean, one man even slid into my DMs and was like, you ruined my marriage with this song. (laughs) I was like, man, sorry about that. I was just, you know, bringing awareness to the situation. But yes, I hear from so many different people across the board about how this song, how they've just connected to it. The song is not about whether you can change a flat tire or start a fire. It's about treating people with respect. It's about being kind and 
that right there is not something that just a man ought to know. It's something that we all need to know. Let's just be nice to each other. It's really not that hard. No, it's not. It sure shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Well, I just have one more question for you, Lainey. Okay. What does it mean to you to be Southern? Oh, my gosh. What does it mean to be Southern? I take so much pride in it. When I first got to Nashville, I thought, you know, I'm in Music City. I'm in Country Music City. Everybody up here is going to be just as country and Southern as me. They're going to sound like me. And then I get there and people are like, where in the world are you from? And I'm like, I'm not the one with an accent. You're the one with an accent. What are you talking about? I am so proud of where I'm from. Northeast Louisiana made me who I am. I'm proud of my raising and I will never forget it. And I've got a lot of people around me, whether it's my family back at home or my new family in Nashville. Everybody reminds me of where I come from and where I started. And I feel full of pride when I think of Baskin. Well, Lainey Wilson, thanks so much for being on Biscuits and Jam. This was so much fun. It was great talking to you. You too, buddy. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Lainey Wilson. Southern Living is based in Birmingham, Alabama. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And we'd love your feedback. If you could rate this podcast and leave us a review, we'd appreciate it. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Our theme song is by Sean Watkins of Nickel Creek. I hope you'll join us next week for my conversation with the Grammy Award-winning musician and now actor Jason Isbell.